Women Taking the Lead, bonus episode with Nicole Burgess. When women first started to come like, but I don't want to be sensitive. I don't want to be this empathic where I just feel everything in the room. And I'm like, let's flip how you're thinking about it. So I'm guessing you kind of grew up being told you're too sensitive. You're too, you know, intelligent. You're too this. You've got all these labels that got stuck on you. It's like, let's flip that and now embrace that because those are your strengths and let the rest of it fall on other people's. Like we're talking about the expectations or projections. Let that be theirs. You deliver who you are meant to be in this planet and do the work that you're here to do because it is a gift and people are going to miss out on that unless you're embracing that. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me on the show today. I have Nicole Burgess, who helps introverted, high-achieving, and are highly sensitive women be exactly who they are meant to be. She is an empowerment and leadership coach for introverted and sensitive women and the host of the Soul Filled Sisterhood podcast. Her dream is to create a sisterhood one sister at a time, with women around the world supporting each other and achieving their heartfelt desires and creating more inclusion so that together we take the lead in our own lives. And amen, I can get on board with that, Nicole. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me on the Women Taking the Lead podcast and let everyone know a little bit more about you. Well, first of all, Jody, thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here today. So yeah, I have a twisty, windy kind of past in the sense that I started out as an accountant. I have been a business analyst and I finally became a licensed marriage and family therapist over 15 years ago. And now I have switched more to coaching because I can reach a broader audience. My focus has shifted a little bit where the women that I work with, man, they have these huge hearts and they are so passion filled. They want to do great things in the world. And yet what I'm finding is one, they either don't know that they're highly sensitive or that they're also introverted and they're really not kind of accepting their personality or their HSP traits. And what that typically means is they're burning out, they're overwhelmed, they're feeling disconnected from their loved ones because they're working so much. And it's trying to help them understand, no, let's slow it down. And I know there's oftentimes resistance when I say slowing it down. It's like, oh, again, another person who says slow it down, it's like, my slowing down are little changes in life that make a big difference if you're highly sensitive. I'm laughing to myself right now because, of course, none of what you said made any sense to me at all. I don't relate to any of that stuff. And for those of you who are listening, you're laughing along with me because you know this is us. <laughs> you know, whether, and we're going to get more into whether or not you're a highly sensitive person, but. If you are anything like me, and I think a lot of you do identify with some of the traits I've talked about on this podcast in the past, this is going to be a topic you're going to be very interested in. And to give some context, Nicole, I was on Nicole's podcast, Soul Filled Sisterhood podcast, and we had a delightful conversation about type A women and perfectionism Mm -hmm. and the people pleasing and all that good stuff we love to talk about. And we really connected. And afterwards, we had a follow-up phone call to talk about, okay, having Nicole on my podcast, what would we talk about? And I... (laughs) 
Oh my goodness. It was, it was, I would say it was an eye-opening conversation, but it was not an eye-opening conversation. <laughs> it was just kind of like, all right, let me, let's seal the deal. Let's figure this out one time, you know, once and for all, I've heard the term highly sensitive person in the past, had not explored it too much. So Nicole gave me a resource to go out and, you know, take a quick self-test, self-quiz um, to discover if it was true. And hi, Marks, I am a highly sensitive person. Surprise, surprise. So before anyone has that chance to take a quiz and, and we can give the website at some point yep. too, so people can go there and, and, and explore if this is relevant to them or not. Nicole, if you could describe what is a highly sensitive and high achieving woman. So the highly sensitive term actually came from Dr. Elaine Aaron back in the early 90s. It's also called the sensory processing sensitivity. And women who are highly sensitive, I'm going to go into some more things later on, but it really has a lot to do with the depth of processing. And for those who are high achieving, the what typically happens is the high achieving gets associated more with accomplishments. And so really kind of depends on your background. Did you get encouraged to do more, be more? And so we're, we have that tendency to go to perfectionism as HSPs. That's just part of the traits that go along with it. But where it starts to get skewed is if you received more reinforcement, love, encouragement for your accomplishments, it can turn into an unhealthy high achiever because you're really worried about what other people think of you. That goes more to that perfectionism thing perfectionism piece of it for a healthy high achiever you are out there and you're just you're following your values you really love what you do you love making a difference you may love managing people you may love being a therapist a coach all these sort of things that are just making a difference not only in your lives but somebody else's and i know there's many different high achievers out there who they're also you know real estate agents they're dentists they are in all different fields, they're website designers, but they're doing the healthy striving because they know how to set some boundaries. They know how to take care of themselves. And again, they're feeling very fulfilled by their professional life and they've got more of a balance with their personal life too. So it's the both and where you can go out and like you say, be a type A person, but you also know how to take care of yourself along the way in doing so. Mm -hmm. I've met many people who've said to me, boy, I could have used you 20 years ago, but through the school of hard knocks, they had learned over time, I have to set boundaries. I have to do yep. this for myself. And so they just kind of backed themselves into a lifestyle that worked for them. Just to put it baldly out there, you and I are here for the people who need to figure it out right now. They don't have yep. the next 20 years to play with nope. and, and they need that they've had enough or they're on the brink of being very unhealthy, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and, and need to figure out the tools to do it right now, which you and I have. So going a little bit deeper what would be the traits of a highly sensitive person? I think by this point, a lot of people are like, yeah, that sounds like me. I'm, I'm kind of thinking this could be me. I think if you list out some traits, people will be able to go, uh-huh. Yep. That's me. So one big distinction, I know I've seen like through social media things, people are like, well, if you've had, um, 
maybe it's a traumatic background or an abusive background, then that automatically makes you sensitive. No, it is not. Those are things that have been learned, self-preservation. A highly sensitive person are innate traits you're born with, and it's only 20% of the population. So that means 80% of the world are non-HSPs, which is a big chunk of people. With that small percentage, there's also like, a hundred different um, animal species who also have these traits too, which is not very many. But the difference is, I'll read the acronym that Dr. Elaine Aaron uses, which is is does. So it's depth of processing, which means you do a lot of reflecting. You have really deep feelings, empathy for others. There is overarousability, which is also means easily overstimulated or overroused. So one thing with jobs, you can get too bored or too overstimulated, and you're really trying to figure out what your optimal level is. Um, you may need more longer silences to respond. I know when I've interviewed people over the years and even myself, sometimes it's like, oh, I need to hurry up and fill that space. And it's like, pause, give yourself a little bit of time to collect what it is you want to say and then do it. And with podcasts, we know we can edit that out too, if we need to with our pausing. Then there's the E, which is the emotional intensity, or sometimes called emotionally responsive or reactive. You're really prone to strong positive or negative affects. Um, Whereas non-sensitives, given the exact same situation, will have emotions, but not nearly as strongly. So one of the things that Dr. Elaine Aaron did, she actually did, um, uh, The fMRI study where they studied the mirror neurons, which again, gives us our empathy and that lights up when we're, when we're meeting with people, those things like light up in our brain, but she could see when she showed them positive pictures, what lit up and how much more the emotions lit up in an HSP person than a non-HSP person. Uh, The other part of it, the fourth one is the S, which is sensory sensitivity and that usually comes about from the multiple stimuluses, whether it's the smells, the lights, the sounds, you can get overstimulated by those. And everybody's like on a different wavelength, right? So for me, lights are a big thing for me. So right now, as we're recording this, I don't have any lights on. I just have the natural light from the windows coming through. I know for some people that I work with, it is the smells can really be strong for them. And so going along with like the smells, like the strong perfumes um, can do it. Oh, and like your clothes, the the touch, if your clothes are kind of itchy, that can impact you. So that's another thing for people um, uh, regarding just kind of the texture of things, but that's not the biggest thing. So Dr. Elaine Aaron's the, the biggest set, the difference that sets HSPs apart is really that depth of processing. So again, you may not want to watch um, violent movies because it's too upsetting for you. You may struggle with, again, like we talked about the the sounds, the lights, um, you see animals being hurt. Well, oh, doesn't work. A lot of the fields that highly sensitives are in are truly like the, the coaching, the therapy, they're in um, social justice type of activities or fields. They go for the environmental things. So those things really, you gravitate towards those things because you want to help. You really want harmony in the world with people. That's a big driver for a lot of highly sensitives. 
Yeah. I think a lot of people are going to relate to what you just said, because that was the point in our conversation that I was like, wait a minute, I didn't know those things pointed towards highly sensitive, you know, and which is why Mm -hmm. I had heard of it before, but didn't really, you know, I could was like, "Eh, I don't know, what does it mean? I'm an extrovert. I'm an introvert. I'm somewhere in between all of that stuff. But kind of what I want to underscore first before we go into um, reflections on these traits is um, actually two things, one in four, one in five people is highly sensitive. That means if you are a highly sensitive person, four out of five people that you meet are not going to relate or, or truly understand, you know, from, from an experiential level, what, what you go through, you know, with, um, the level of uh, emotion and sensitivity, People who are not highly sensitive, it is not that they don't feel emotion. They do feel emotion. It just doesn't have, it's not likely to have the same intensity as someone who is highly sensitive. And then in terms of like, actually, before we go into the, the S, the sensory, talk more about the processing. Like, what does that look like? So again, the thing that when I mentioned briefly before perfectionism can get kind of caught up as a highly sensitive. And part of that is when we think of something, have a request, we really want to do that thing really well. So we pause and we reflect and we can take in all types of information that may be coming on, but it's literally like if you ever, there's been like cartoons I've seen out on the internet regarding an HSP brain. And it's like, you've got this highway that literally has all these twists and turns and curves and circles back. And it's kind of like, that's how a thought goes in an HSP brain, because you're going to take in all the information you've had before, how it may impact other people, how it may impact your business, how it may impact the organization. And there's just a ton of information and you want to not necessarily be right. I know Dr. Elaine Aaron says that in one of her books and I'm like, Ooh, for me, when it, when I hear I've got to, it needs to be right. It goes back to that perfectionism thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you want to do it well. And typically because HSPs take longer to process, they actually do things well the first time around meaning they don't really make a ton of mistakes. And if they do, then oftentimes they beat themselves up because they make a mistake. But that's also like learning is like, just fail forward. It's all good. <laughs> the world didn't come to an end. <laughs> this is <laughs> kind of funny because it's it's leading into, you know, like, I, you know, I often think of myself as like an easygoing, intense person, which is a contradiction in terms because when I'm just hanging out or having a good time or or doing what I already know and already do, I like to have fun. I like it to be light. I like it to be engaging. But when I'm trying to learn something new and I'm trying to understand something or do something really well, I am... It was hard for me to get this feedback from people at first because they will then describe me as being incredibly focused and intense almost, mm-hmm. you know, because I do get so focused. It, I guess the, the way it's perceived by others is an intensity and I guess it's an intense focus, you know, mm-hmm. so I almost lose all affect because, you know, right. I, I don't have any emotion crossing my face. I'm just super like in tuned with that, like whether it's baking or learning a new like yoga move or a, a new skill set in coaching, I'm just like, whew zeroed in on that. So that, that makes me laugh. 
And it's it's so not uncommon. I mean, I'm laughing as you're saying this because I'm like, oh, I hear that so often from clients that I work with. And I've had it reflected back to myself, like, Nicole, you look like you're angry. And I'm like, what? I'm, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know you were talking to me. But it is when you get into that zone and you're really intense on something, your affect does truly, it goes down or it can look angry. And yet that's not at all what you're actually experiencing. So I think that's the other kind of misconception right? It's like, just ask the person. It's like, Hey, all right, what's going on there versus assuming. It is funny (laughs) because the experience I'm having on the inside is a heightened awareness and feeling very alive. But what I've caught myself in a mirror one time, (laughs) which was really (laughs) funny, like, or just like you just suddenly become aware of the expression on your face because people are looking at you like, are you okay? Like I realized like I had no affect or did look angry, you know, Mm -hmm. but I was actually feeling really good on the inside because mm-hmm. I was learning something new and I love that. I love learning something new, yeah. but it's like, yeah, it's like a switch flips and my affect changes. Yep. The The other thing about that depth of processing too. So for many highly sensitives, I'm not going to give it straight across the board. Everyone that's spiritual, but most of most highly sensitives are because of that contemplation, that reflection, there's often a spiritual practice that gets involved in it because it also helps bring you peace. It also helps bring you just kind of quiet, calm. And it's important to be able to have that. So again, there's many HSPs, you know, in religious and spiritual arenas as well, because there's just a high component in that because we just love to process. <laughs> it's just something we do. Really think things through like a philosophy, like the college I went to, if they had had um, offered a minor in philosophy, I would have taken, I would have earned it actually. Never mind mm-hmm. taking it because I took so many philosophy courses in college. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. And for those of you who are listening, I have not skipped over it. Also want to underscore how fascinating it was for me. And I think it's going to be for a lot of people that things like natural light, softer sounds, like steering away from violence and too much Mm -hmm. intensity. And even I laughed because when you talked about like textures and things like that, I shared with you, oh, I buy the laundry detergent for sensitive skin or for babies, you know, (laughs) because (laughs) I can't wear clothes that feel starchy or stiff or scratchy or anything like that. It'll it will um, bother me all day. And there was Mm -hmm. something else you said. I'm just going to share this out loud because I can't remember what triggered it because sometimes I actually feel bad about this, that when I'm um, say in a training or a workshop and, you know, or actually this happened recently when I was listening to an audio book and it was a really good book, but the author said something that just did not jive with me. And I... Mm -hmm couldn't take it. Like I had a really hard time taking it. I had to like end up rewinding by an hour because an hour had gone by and I realized like I had not listened to a lot of what they said because what they said did not make sense to me. (laughs) So So you went to that twisted turn and highway in the brain, right? And just really started to think about that word or that phrase. And it can, it can totally sidetrack you. I felt like it took me away and it didn't Listening to an audiobook is a safe space because I can rewind it. But if you're sitting in a training, you know, right. or in a meeting and somebody says something and it takes your mind away, twisty, turny, 
you know, all that stuff, then you feel like, well, for me, I'll just report what I, I like. I feel like I haven't not done my job. I feel like I have not been of service or that I've missed an opportunity because my mind had to do it. It could not like it had to resolve this problem right now Mm -hmm. before I could go on. But what you just also just said though, right? It's like, I'm not being of service. I, you know, I've got distracted all of a sudden that really is, that's like a classic HSP thing because we're so, again, trying to do harm, be in harmony and help others. And we notice all these these things, but that self-compassion needs to come back in, in the sense of like, this is where you were in that moment. It's just accept this is the reality. And it doesn't mean that you're not of service in that moment. You got sidetracked, just like a lot of people will do on certain things. It's all okay. What can you do to bring yourself back to that moment? And that's why I think having some tools to help you get back into that moment, it may be as simple as closing your eyes, taking a few breaths to get out of your head and into your body can help you kind of re-switch where you're focused. So you can get back into the room again. Yes. But it's challenging at times. And I will say, because I want to qualify this, I let myself go for an hour because I was listening to an audiobook and I knew I could rewind it. If I was in a meeting, I much, I, it, the process happens much more quickly because it's like, all right, or I'll say to myself, you need to put this on the back burner for now and, and refocus. So I, I am managing it in the moment, but it, it oh, it is yeah. so hard, which then segues to, because now my curiosity is peaked. What are the typical like presenting problems that someone comes to you with when they're thinking about hiring you as a coach? So often what I hear is I'm stressed out. I'm so overwhelmed. I know I'm heading down the burnout track. And as we get more curious into what exactly is going on, what I find is either A, they're struggling with really speaking up for themselves or like setting a boundary with maybe another manager, another colleague that they are trying to really keep up with. I know in our world, at least our country, right? We talk a lot about introversion, extroversion, and it's like the extroverts kind of win. And again, most HSPs, their temperament is introversion, but there is a small percentage, About I think it's like 30%, they're extroverts. So it's not a ding against any temperament But if you're like on the go, 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 that just doesn't work for HSPs. And if you don't understand what your traits are, if you don't understand you're an HSP, you're like, you're trying to keep up with everybody else. And so it's automatically going to keep you in the overwhelm, burning out, adrenal fatigue, all sorts of things, because you're not pausing enough. You're not taking enough breaks to truly take a breath so that you can process and do what you need to do or set a limit with somebody that you need to set a limit with. So all these things kind of like get wrapped up in one's like, but I don't know what to do differently. And I'm like, well, what have you done in the past? You're like, well, I used to have a spiritual practice or I used to go take walks in nature. It's like, oh, did those help? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and it's like, you forget because you've, you know, it's been like the, the, foot pedal has been down to the floor. You're racing your car forward. And it's like, let's put the brake on a little bit and let's see what happens when you set some of these boundaries or you just set a time for when you're going to leave work every day because that slow creep 
right? I'll just stay another half hour, another, oh, I know this coworker over here needs really a lot of help, or I need to tell the VA what they need to do. It's like, oh, yeah, let's my day tomorrow will go way. so much better if I tick off this yes. other thing. And then there's another thing. And then there's that, oh, well, I'm already halfway yes. done. So I, I, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you get, then what happens, what, you know, what can happen is there's the phrase like you're wired and fried all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you've got all this like adrenaline going in your system because maybe like, yeah, I got this done. This is great. Oh my gosh. But then you're physically also exhausted because you're just going so much versus that pacing. You can feel it. It has, it had definitely has a a signature to it. I've definitely experienced that. And that's what you were talking about, trying to find that balance between Mm -hmm. boredom and being highly engaged because you can be, I I call it like frenetic, like you're just go, 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 go. And on the outset, it feels really good because you're really passionate mm-hmm. or excited about something, but then a scale tips and now you, you're mm-hmm. burning out and then you might even lose interest in what you were doing because now you've associated a negative experience with it. I was so mm-hmm. tired when I was doing that, that sort of thing. So finding that balance and how do you work with your clients to get there? Because I would say this is something that I w- work on. Like, I don't want to be bored. I want to be engaged. I want to be more motivated, but I don't, I don't work well in that intensity level. It'll last for about a day or so. And then I have to take a couple of days off when I don't have time to take a couple of days off (laughs) to recover from that intensity. The other classic sign of an HSP. That's why I wasn't kidding. I got high marks. (laughs) Right. And then you're like, why do I need two days off? It's because that's how you're wired Mm -hmm. and that's what you need. So part of my work with clients is similar to you, to you in one sense that I have them go through like an assessment where they kind of look through the different parts of their life and kind of see what's working, what's not. Another part that I work with them is really energy management. So we often talk about time management. I do energy management with people. It's like, when do you feel like you're more alive? You've got more energy. When do you not? We can get into these ruts every day, every month, every year. We just like, oh, I keep doing the same of the same because this is what I do. And when you pause and really look at like, does that drain your energy or does that build your energy up? All of a sudden you're like, oh, that's nothing more than a habit now. Mm. I don't even need to do that anymore. And so you can start taking away things or delegating those things that really drain your energy. And now all of a sudden you're more expansive again because you're not so depleted over and over and over. Yeah. A lot of what you were saying really resonated with me as well, because, you know, talk about like, okay, you know, 20 years of figuring things out in my energy level that I'm just coming to accept that I can't do the hustle. Like I can't go, 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 go. And what gives me some peace around it, because at first, you know, especially being an entrepreneur and a business owner and your livelihood is dependent on like, you know, essentially just to to put it bluntly is dependent on sales. You have to Mm -hmm. make sales in in order to survive. And as as a business, I I will say, Mm -hmm. but what I've come to understand, and I hope this gives some peace to some of the, you know, other women who are listening to this, this podcast is that, um, yes, there are times where I am, I'm working, right? There are hours I'm working. I don't work the same amount of hours I did in say my corporate job. And for a long time, I felt 
bad about that. Like I was being lazy or that I was just unmotivated and all this stuff. But what I've come to understand is that downtime is necessary. It's not only necessary, it's productive because of the processing and the reflection that I do, especially given the line of work. And I would argue that every line of work reflection, insights, and aha moments are critical and required to the work that you do. I find I have that more when I'm giving myself plenty of downtime to process what's going on. And then I come up with new things like a piece of my coaching system or a solution to something I've been working on or an idea for, you know, an opt-in or a workshop or something like that. Um, so, you know, the, I'm going to hand this back to you. It's I'm, I'm I'm landing this plane and I'm going to hand it back to you, but I definitely resonate with what you're saying. And I can only imagine somebody who's, you know, in an earlier stage of figuring this out, how much you can help them to just come like find peace in the way that they're, they are wired and how their body and their mind works. Well, it's fascinating what you were just talking about, right? That, wow, I can actually do less, but I get more down. It's so counterintuitive because we're so much about, and I truly don't like the word hustle. It That's one of my words of like, oh, makes my skin crawl, right? And I've got other friends who are like, I love that word. I'm like, no, it's like, ah, uh, it just doesn't work for me. But it's being able to say, I know if I need to kind of push short term, I absolutely can. If mm-hmm. I, if I think I can do it for months, I did that a few years ago. It's kind of like, I've been in burnout stages a couple times over my career because I'm like, no, I'm, I've got to do this. I've got to make it happen. And I made my own nightmare because I had this mindset of, I need to push really hard. And it kept going and going. And I'm like, what are you doing? It doesn't work for you. It's not speaking to the people to bring them in anyway. So stop. And it took a little bit because I had that momentum going and I needed to really slow it down. And when I did, it's like, oh, yeah, there's ease in this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have more space, get more things done, and more people are attracted to that anyways. So it is, it's a very counterintuitive thing. Slow down and you actually get more done and ideas come up that work even better for who you are and what you do. Right. And I imagine that for highly sensitive people, a lot of what makes them stressed and overwhelmed is because there is a lot of sensory input coming at them all the time. And especially right now, like not to like hide it or anything, but being in the middle of, you know, the pandemic, you know, as we are right now and just a couple months really into it here in the U S maybe two to three, four months in, you know, and we don't know how long it's going to last. There's a lot of information coming at everybody. Like I think people are, paying attention to the news a lot more than they used to, even as a highly sensitive person, like for years, I was like, nope, I'm, I'm not watching the news. If something important is going on in the world, I have friends who tell me about it and tune me into it. I have yet to miss something important going on with the world, even though I haven't watched the nightly news in probably, oh God, 20 some odd years and I'm fine. But now with all of this going on, and I do want to know what's happening in the world on a daily basis. I am tuning into the news more. It's almost like you can't stop yourself. So how, you know, given the chaos going on and, and let's not even pretend even before the pandemic, we lived in a pretty chaotic world. There was a lot going on and things were moving pretty fast. How does someone like balance that and still feel like, like empowered 
you know, and peaceful around it. So a lot of things when I talk with my HSPs is truly cutting out the news. If you're going to watch the news, don't watch it, actually read it because it also doesn't um, stimulate different things in your brain. So when we watch news, we know part of what the news media does is there's a desensitization that goes on because they do a lot of background music. Well, there's background (laughs) music, but it's the videos that go on and they replay them over and over and over, which could be jarring. Yeah. And when you're reading about it, you create your own images in your mind versus watching a video. So that's one thing. Then I say, do it only once a day if you have to. And for other, for some of my clients, they're actually thriving in it because they're not having to drive all over the place. Mm -hmm. They don't have multiple activities to try and keep up with because of how it's changed over the years for children activities, all that stuff. So they're finding some peace because they're actually getting time with their kids or getting time with their spouses. And it's a beautiful thing. And they're still working, right? And so they're like, oh, I can actually breathe a little easier these days. And so they're just noticing a difference in that shift. But if I get when you're really concerned about the world, keep making sure you're a priority because there's not a ton of changes every single day in the news. So just monitor that. If you're struggling with going to sleep at night, check the news maybe once or twice a week. Take the social media apps off your phone if you're really tempted to check those multiple times a day and make it more challenging for yourself to to log into them. So put it on your tablet or your laptop where you have to log in. Do things like that. If you're able to go outside, please go outside. We know through studies, even just with anxiety in general, nature calms a lot of that. But for HSPs, nature is a huge soothing balm for people. And yeah, pay attention to kind of what you're allowing to kind of come into your senses. You may want to listen to soothing music. You may want to do some gentle stretching like yoga or just gentle stretching in general. Just move stuff through your body versus absorbing all that that is going on. That's a huge thing. Make sure you're getting sleep. I know that for the first few weeks, basically, a lot of people's sleeps were disrupted and then people were having um, dreams of COVID, which is still can happen, but no, that's really normal. Um, just because we hear so much about it. Um, yes. Yeah. I'm going to self-report only because I was appalled at first, but hope again, I hope this brings some peace to people who might be experiencing this as well. I went from requiring seven and a half hours of sleep a night to nine and I yep. <laughs> believe it. Like I would be like, I'm going to go to bed early. And then I'd like wake up late and I like in air quotes late, you know? And I, but I, it's only been within the past week that I'm just like, okay, for right now I'm absorbing a lot. There's also a lot of change going on in my life right now. A lot of things coming up, right? Like you said earlier that, you know, um, we, we can take on a lot and sometimes just where you are in your life, you also have to accept like, okay, this is not going to be a time where I can take a lot of downtime. I'm just going to have to get through this. So some of that is going on in my life as well too. So I'm just, I'm making peace with a lot of things lately, I find. (laughs) so Which is beautiful, right? I mean, that's the thing. It's like, as you learn more about yourself and you just learn like, okay, this is what I need. And when you figure that stuff out, oh my gosh, not only can you help your business, you help your personal life, you help your own health and your own well-being. And it's like, that's a beautiful thing because now you role model that out. 
with others. Yes. Yes. And, and well, here's, you know, here's a question. It might be a curveball, and I want to, um, put this to you. Cause I think this is, this is probably one of the major struggles. There's the things we just have to realize about ourselves so we can manage ourselves, but it's also managing the expectations of other people who are not HSPs, I think can be a sticking point. Like how do I get somebody to understand I just need downtime and I need to be by myself or I need extra sleep and, you know, or I'm struggling with these things. I find sometimes that's, that's the challenge. So I I think that would really go back also to what women in general are taught. We really need to do a lot of explaining of ourselves and why we do what we do. And I'd say, "Mm, let's challenge that thought (laughs) where that's coming from. Mm. As with being an HSP, there's nothing wrong with letting somebody know like, Hey, I just, I am, I'm little, I'm wired differently than you, whether you're an HSP or not, we're all wired differently. And so my needs look different than yours. And if that person or persons don't understand it, okay. You know, what's the worst thing that's going to be about it. And if they don't like it again, that's on them. That's, I like to say that's their side of the sidewalk or their side of the street. Let that be on their side, not yours. If it were to impact your business or your job that you're in, then there may need to be a different kind of conversation in the sense of like, hey, working 10 hours a day, seven days a week is no longer working for me because I'm really burning out, which means I'm not as effective in managing people. I'm not as effective as doing the job that you're requesting of me. I need a couple days off. Is there a possibility for that? And it's one thing if it's like it's a temporary, you know, kind of assignment, but that long term, there's no way you're going to be able to manage it. So it's not being afraid of stating your needs and know that your needs can change. And again, HSPs, they sometimes struggle with, oh, but I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or I don't want to receive the criticism. And it's like, but you don't know that's what's going to happen unless you actually say it. And remember, you're a very strong person and you have the ability to state your needs and let the other person manage themselves. Mm, That's Awesome. That really wrapped up a lot of what you were talking about this entire time is like, it's a range of setting clear expectations and having boundaries for yourself, really taking care of yourself so that you can be at your best. Because like a lot of things, I truly can see this as a gift, right? It's just a little bit different than what most people present. Mm -hmm. Love it. I mean, I've, yeah, I've heard so many, you know, when when women first started to come like, but I don't want to be sensitive. I don't want to be this empathic where I just feel everything in the room. And I'm like, let's flip how you're thinking about it. So I'm guessing you kind of grew up being told you're too sensitive. You're too, you know, intelligent. You're too this. You've got all these labels that got stuck on you. It's like, let's flip that and now embrace that because those are your strengths and let the rest of it fall on other people's. Like we're talking about the expectations or projections. Let that be theirs you deliver who you are meant to be in this planet and do the work that you're here to do because it is a gift and people are going to miss out on that unless you're embracing that. Boom. Right there. Mic drop. Nicole, where can people find you so they can get to know you a little bit better and possibly explore working with you? Yeah. So they can go out to my website, NicoleBurgessCoaching.com and they can find the, yeah, uh, everything on my website, my podcast, all that good stuff is out there for them to peruse and listen to and check out. And you also have a webinar that you do regularly. Tell people about that because I think that's amazing. 
Yeah, they can go out to the website and it's on the the homepage there, or they can go out to NicoleBurgessCoaching.com forward slash end overwhelm. And it's a free webinar. It's like the five steps to end overwhelm and live a balanced, connected and calm as an HSP entrepreneur. But I know it can also affect if you're in your career as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They're so closely connected, Sue. So, and for those of you who are listening, all of the links of where you can find Nicole are going to be on the website. You can find them at womentakingthelead.com forward slash Nicole dash Burgess, you know, or if you just put Nicole in the search bar, I'm sure her show notes page will pop right up. You can get all of this information. And Nicole, thank you for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Jody. I really appreciate it. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.